Welcome to the Yellow Jackets Hive presented by CordCutting.com. I'm Media Melanie here with... And I'm Emily. And we're here today with our final Yellow Jackets recap of season two. We're going to cover episode 209, Storytelling. Emily, can you believe it is over? Season two is done. Didn't it fly by? It was so fast. Like it felt like it took forever to get here. And now that it like has gone by, it just went by so fast. Hi, Vine. Oh, yay. Mm -hmm. People are here. Uh, Amazing, which I know it's a little early in the day. So thanks for making the time for us as always. And, you know, as we always do, we like to open with some appreciation. We are thrilled. Everybody's tuned in with us all season. It's just been a blast uh, covering the show, getting to engage in the live chat, doing interviews, having guests. We have had a blast and we hope that everybody else has as well. It's been so much fun. Like the comments, everybody in the comments, every after show has like made this season for me. It has been absolutely fantastic Um, from our patrons to our guests, to all of our supporters, viewers, and listeners, and now to our partner at Cord Cutting. Um, It's it's been a great season. Lots of highlights. Um, You know, we mentioned this as well on our after show. We did a collaboration video with I'm James Shaw on Instagram. So don't miss that. That was a lot of fun. And hopefully we'll be doing more collaborations uh, with him and other people as well. Yeah. More coming in the future. Yes. And before we get started, we actually had a giveaway from the Hive After Dark the other night. Um, We gave away a co-ed naked shirt. Everybody who was eligible dropped the secret word hunt into the live stream comments and we did a prize wheel. So we are going to reveal our winner. All right. Congratulations to Jeff Silva. Jeff, if you are watching, please get a hold of us. We just need your name, mailing address, et cetera. Uh, we will be mailing you your choice of COVID naked shirt. We'll also need your size. So yellowjacketshive at gmail.com or message us on any of our social media profiles. Uh, along with that, we also gave away a coed naked flag to one of our patrons who purchased a coed naked shirt. So let's just draw that here while we're at it. All right. Congrats to Alyssa. She's Brick City Nine, I believe. Alyssa, get a hold of us and uh, we will make sure we mail out that flag. So thank you. Yes, all. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> thanks for all of your support. Um, yes. It's been fun. So instead of a new Would You Rather today, we thought we would kind of rehash the one we did on the Hive After Dark, which we actually put into a Twitter poll. So the Would You Rather was, would you rather have adult bands cancer magically cured or would you get another survivor in the adult timeline? And surprisingly, I mean, I know we all love Van and Lauren Ambrose and would love to get her for more seasons, but Van's cancer cured got 54% of our votes on Twitter, whereas another adult survivor got 45%. So it looks like everybody would you rather have Van keep on living healthy, cancer-free in the adult timeline. Yeah, that surprises me a little bit. Me too. I mean, I would love another Survivor. I'd love to yeah. see Akila or, gosh, even Coach Ben at this point, kind of see how that all plays out after he kind of burned shit down in this last episode. Yeah. Um, 
And as yeah. our friend here, uh, Serena, is saying, so glad, uh, so sad. This will be the last recap for a while. I know we are sad too, but you know what? Now we don't have to necessarily spend all the time watching Yellow Jackets during the week, which we probably will anyway. Let's see. <laughs> a good rewatch. But we've got lots of other content coming, some topical stuff, exclusive stuff with our partnership at cordcutting.com. So don't fret. Lots of things on the way in the Yellow Jackets hive. Yes. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> no, we're definitely not going anywhere. So with that, Emily, why don't you go ahead and read the episode description for Yellow Jackets 209 Storytelling. Heavy is the head that wears the antler crown is a lesson you don't learn until much later in life, if you ever even learn at all. Everything's about to get really wilderness, and we're so excited, so excited, and so, so scared to find out who paid attention to what lessons and when. So on the count of three, you may pick up your pencil, open your testing booklet, and start this finale exam. One, two. <laughs> and along with that, we got our clues from the week, which we saw a gun, a straight jacket, and two of the masks that appeared in the adult timeline. And I don't know about you, but I am going to be missing my weekly Showtime Yellow Jackets mail, Emily. Yes. And I was in a group chat earlier and somebody said they checked their mail to see if there was another something else coming in the mail this week from Yellow Jackets, like hoping for that bonus episode and there's nothing. Nothing. Yeah, that's a bummer. I mean, we have speculated that perhaps we'll get the Jason Ritter stuff in a Cabin Daddy bonus standalone episode. What would be really cool is to do it around Father's Day. So, you know, this is all speculation. We have no facts or proof of any of this. This is just us saying what we would like. Um, but as we talked about in the Hive After Dark, when Van started telling that fairy tale, once upon a time, there was a place called the wilderness. In my mind, I thought, gosh, that would have been a good spot to insert that Jason Ritter footage. And I'm wondering if that was what it was meant for. And it got yeah. cut out. Maybe there's not even enough for a standalone episode and it will just, you know, come back later. I had the same thought that because when she started telling a story, it just felt like they were setting it up to have a flashback of something. And I was like, kind of disappointed that we didn't get one. I was also disappointed. And we know for a fact we will get Jason Ritter eventually. We surmise he is in the Cabin Daddy timeline, a past timeline. Yeah. We see him wearing the coat with the baby from the leaked photos. And Entertainment Tonight did an article and said, yes, we will be seeing Jason Ritter. They actually featured our tweet in it with one of our theories, which was kind of fun. Um, so, yeah, that was um, that was good. Oh, we have Alyssa, our friend backstage, also the winner of our co-ed naked flag. Um, Alyssa, maybe once you get settled and started, let us know if you want to hop on. We could say hi. Um, give us a thumbs up when you're all settled in a little bit. And uh, perk of being a patron, everybody. You get to hang out backstage with us. Good times. Yeah. Yes. Um, and before we go into the recap, I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of things here, but everybody should have called Sunshine Honey Wellness to get the new message. Uh, that number was uh, 607-478-1033. And don't have the transcriptions yet. I do. I do have it. Oh my gosh. I'm it up right now. Oh my God. That's amazing. So one of our fans, was it Lisa Matthews? Yes. Lisa Matthews had actually transcribed the voicemail. Emily, do you want to read it to us? Sure. This is the one from, from Lisa. It says, hello, you have, and in the background, somebody says, Lisa, hurry up. I shouldn't be recording this. Just be honest in the background again. If you're calling to speak with someone in Sunshine Honey's wellness community, I'm sorry we've left or we will be leaving. Our gates are currently closed and our bees have stopped making honey. And we don't know, 
Lisa, time's up. Come on, we have to go. They're turning off the lights now and we'll be in the darkness again soon. Please remembering, please remember suffering is inevitable and only by greeting it with compassion can we truly grow. Hmm. So it sounds safe to say the cult is disassembling. Lottie is, of course, probably going to be in a hospital of some sort. Yeah. And uh, Sunshine Honey, maybe no more. So uh, just a quick shout out to Showtime, though, for integrating that so nicely into the marketing for the show. Between this and the mailings and just everything else, their marketing team has done such a good job. So we I listened to that recording before the episode aired. So when I listened to it, I thought that like maybe the people in the compound were at, were going to be in some kind of like danger, like in regards to this like hunt that they were going to do. Like maybe some one of them would have ended up being involved in it somehow. That's just what I got from it when I listened. Yes, and you know someone had said too on I think Facebook or Reddit or somewhere, you know, maybe the cult gets burned down and I was thinking, gosh, that would have been an interesting way to mirror things between the yeah. two the cult being burned down and then the cabin being burned down, which again by the way, like I still did not see that coming with the cabin and there is a lot of debate about it which we'll get more into, but some people don't think coach burned it down. Some people think it was a product of the wilderness sabotaging them and trying to kill them. I don't buy it. I think it was Coach Ben, but a lot of people think it was a red herring. So my mom, I was talking to my mom about it and my mom said, what if the cabin actually never burned down at all? What if that was a hallucination too? But I'm thinking it has to be real because I feel like that's the only way that we will get to what we see in the pilot. Like their shelter needs to be gone for them to like go further into this like insanity that they're already tiptoeing into with their behavior. That's right. It's a lot easier to be feral when you have no shelter you're truly living like a wild animal out there. And that's how they're digressing with their animal fur mask pelts that eventually come into play. So you had brought up too. I'm I'm curious to know where did the the pelts come from? Did they yeah. end up hunting and they had enough animals to sustain them? Were it was it left over from the bear and they had kept it somewhere else? But then wouldn't it have burned down? Yeah, lots of questions. Lots of questions. Yeah, yeah. So, whew. um, we did have questions answered finally, and some things tied up in this season two finale. Emily, what was the top one? The top one was which adult cast member was going to die in the finale for me anyways. A hundred percent. RIP Nat still can't believe that Juliette Lewis will not be on the show anymore. And makes me really sad, but good thing we've got Sophie Thatcher still here to represent Nat in the teen timeline up until it intersects with the adult timeline eventually. So yeah. And I'm curious to know how they're going to do that. Kind of like bring the two together as as the timelines coalesce. Uh, that will be interesting from a strategy standpoint of integration. Is it possible that maybe like the last season will be solely just focused on like the teens, like reintegrating into society and like maybe we won't see the, the adults at all? That definitely could be it. Yeah all up up for grabs. So um, another thing that happened that was answered in this was the resolution of the Adam Martin storyline and therefore hopefully the police storyline, which I know a lot of people were excited to see. It was not the most popular storyline of all. So I know a lot of people are are glad to see that. Although the question is, will we see Sarah Cusa again? Or was it wrapped up tight and we're just done? Kevin Tan is dead. 
Sean is not going to jail. You know, um, I, I don't know. I have so many questions about that. Like Walter, like did them a favor by doing what he did, but like, what was Syracuse going to say to those put like those local authorities when they showed up and like Kevin Tan's body is just in the back of a police car, like shot three times. Like, is he going to just tell them that he had to shoot him and kill him? Like, <laughs> and I just wasn't expecting to see Kevin Tan go. I was really hoping no. Stash was going to go. So that was, um, that was surprising to me. And, you know, another thing we had answered was the antler queen. We surmised that, Nat is now the leader, what they called the Oracle in the script, what the fandom calls the Antler Queen. So uh, that was another thing that we kind of got a little bit of uh, resolution with. And yeah. you know what? Uh, Alexandra's here. I don't feel that story is over with Adam. You know what? It's hard to say because with Walter's involvement and, yep. you know, we're still not really sure exactly where Walter stands in all of this. It's up in the air. I, I do feel like it could come back in some way. So we'll see. I hope Walter comes back. I loved him. <laughs> oh, I, I love Walter. Um, Heather said, I think Saracusa will still be uh, a problem. And you know what? He very well might be. After that interaction with Walter, though, hopefully he just kind of like goes away and uh, never comes back. But Walter is a wild card. So it will be interesting to see how that all um why that all goes. And Tiffany's yeah. asking, you know, that didn't make sense to me either. Why in the trunk? Um, yeah. I, convenience, I guess. I don't know. It happened so suddenly and he just yeah. so casually shot him. Like it wasn't even a big deal. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's how, you know, like him and Misty are meant for each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, just speculating for season three, um, where do the yeah, adult yellow jackets go from here? Where does that storyline go? How much are we yeah. going to see of Lottie being hospitalized? What is the fallout going to be from Nat's death? Is Misty going to be leaning on Walter and ostracized from the rest of the group? There's a lot of okay. dynamics there that will be interesting to see how that goes. Um, will Travis ever learn the truth about Javi's death? And along with that, will we ever learn the truth about Travis's death now that with Lottie gone? Yeah. Big question there. Uh, and the cabin, are we going to learn, was it Ben who burned it down? Was it not Ben? Was it Javi's friend? Who is this friend? Uh, where are they going to go to keep them safe? Are they going back to the plane wreckage? Are they going to find Ben's shelter? There are a lot of things up in the air. And yeah. it may be a while until we have some answers. But don't worry. That's why we're here, to speculate and spill all about everything we do know and keep the Yellow Jackets content coming. Right, Emily? absolutely yes and you know as mine said oh misty is going to be so upset next season yes she is it is a very good thing uh she's got her new boyfriend walter <laughs> to lead on and yeah. i want more walter i want walter through the end of season five i do not want him to go anywhere i just loved his line delivery like it was so good he was just so good in every scene he was good. And I've got to say, I really enjoyed him and Jeff together, too. I thought yeah. that was funny. I just love Jeff, too. I said it in the Hive After Dark, but the line about him not being able to Google himself anymore and Callie being like, how often do you Google yourself? That just really got me. I love that. I, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh, and you know what? Another question, is Van's cancer gone? That is a very good question. Uh, yep. The way that they had the interaction at the end with Lottie kind of saying to her, you'll see the wilderness is happy um, or it's happy. Her cancer could be gone, which seems a little crazy to me, but what do I know? I'm not out there hunting people. So yeah, 
Yeah. Yes. Right. All right. Well, um, Alyssa, do you want to come join us for a little recap? Yeah. Okay. Here, let's bring our friend Alyssa on. Hello. Hello. Hi. I was. I went to go look for a pink shirt real quick so I could match you guys. <laughs> I was like, I'll just put on my yellow jacket sweatshirt. Oh, love that. I'm actually wearing my um, Cooking with Misty shirt, the mushroom one that Showtime had dropped. So, nice. and Emily's got a, a yellow jackets one. So we're all yellow jackets. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. I've, got, I've got a couple of them. I've got the one with the uh, symbol, the red symbol. And I tried, I tried posting a TikTok where I was like, hey, creators, because I have sick dogs at home. I'm like, I don't want to be sporting the symbol in my house if it's got bad meaning. You know what I mean? I was like, mm -hmm. I know it's a show. I'm not crazy. But... I don't need to have that symbol in my house if it's something bad, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? And hey, congratulations. You won our Coed Naked flag for oh. buying one of our Coed Naked shirts. So we will uh, get that out to you. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And we should mention you are a Lego person. Um, you are also working on some Yellow Jackets Lego creations, and we can't wait to see them. And we'll bring yeah. you on and share them on here, too. Actually, you want to see what's funny? So last, not last night, on Friday, when we got to see Nat in her mask, I was like, oh, my God. Okay. So because they're custom, like, they're it's it's Lego pieces, but I have to, like, find the right ones to make the perfect one. And I'm, I'm really hard on myself. I want it to be like perfect, but there's a lot of pieces that are printed that don't, it's just not right. So it has to be perfect in order for me to like share it with the world. Right. But when I made the original, like the antler queen mask with, okay, so here she is. It's not done yet. None of this is done. <laughs> okay. Okay, so here's the little, the mini fig, right? She's the antler queen. I'm doing this on my phone. I usually use my, like, iPad or whatever when I do my lives. So this is, I've got this tiny little screen. You're so, okay, wait, hold on. So antler queen, wait, there we go. Okay, she's got antlers and the whole, where's my camera app? There we go. This is going to be, like, the worst. Your worst. Yeah, we can see it. We can see it. It's all good. I probably, yeah. When it's done, I'll, I'll use my actual uh, streaming stuff. Anyway, but the mask underneath that I had to use to put the antlers in is actually the same exact mask that Natalie was wearing. Oh, oh my gosh. I know. And I I made this like what a month ago and I was like when when they showed her cuz they didn't show it in all like the all the previews. They they only showed Taisa and uh, Van and Lottie in their masks. And I when they showed uh, Juliet or Nat I was like, oh, my God, that's the actual mask that I picked for her thing, which, again, you can kind of see it. Why am I so oh. shaky? Good God. Okay. Love that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I know so it's cool. like Very cute. Very cute. I have your guys's. I, I made you guys your sig figs. They're not done yet. But again, I'm still waiting for pieces. I actually I me uh, messaged the company who's making them for me. I'm like, I need these like yesterday. Where are they? But they're coming from the UK. So. Oh my God. No rush. And thank you for yeah. that. That's so sweet. We can't wait to see ourselves in Lego form. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Love that. yeah. Okay. Without okay. further ado, let us start with the teen timeline recap, which opened up with an amazing song. Zombie by the Cranberries. Yeah. Rest in peace, Dolores O'Riordan. Yeah. Um, and we see Nat walking up to the cabin after the chase. She sees Travis, and then Javi comes into view. And it was very sad. It was very sad. Um, he was like so happy to see Natalie, like when he saw her. And but I think like he realized in that moment too that like if Natalie wasn't dead, that obviously means somebody else is dead. And I think he like 
I think he knew before he saw Javi that something was wrong based on Natalie's reaction. I have a question for you guys. How, so when you, when, okay, there were so many questions on the van shoes, right? The van, yeah. the van, yeah. So how did you feel when it was finally re- revealed that it was Javi's shoes? Like it was, he was the one that was on the stick. How did, how did that make you guys feel? I mean, obviously, you know, but. Yeah, I felt validated because I was calling it the whole time. Once Luciano had posted that photo behind the yep. scenes of him wearing those Converse and we had yeah. seen the bottom yeah. of the Converse, I felt validated. And yeah. uh, we kind of saw that Crystal was not wearing Converse. So we put the clues together. And I mean, it's devastating, especially because we got that moment when Luciano came back and Javi came back this season. And we're like, oh, yay, Javi's back. He's safe. He's traumatized, but he's right. back. And yeah. then, you know, we go from that yeah. to... This whole situation, which, by the way, the makeup, hair, wardrobe, everything on um, Dead, Flash, Frozen, Javi was absolutely fantastic. And the scene was just so graphic also with them actually spilling his blood. Most of them had to go back inside and couldn't watch. I mean, can you blame them? I would have been vomiting. I mean, even Shauna didn't want to watch. Like, even Shauna pulled the, the, that thing over her face, like, when she made the first cut, like... Yeah. And her hands like were shaking, like trembling when she put that knife up to his neck. She's clearly a skilled butcher. Like how yeah. many how oh, many yeah. things has she actually carved, right? Like <laughs> then this is her first human. I mean, because Jackie was burned, so it's not yeah. like Yeah, she's she's pretty precise. I mean, she had some of the experience, I guess, with the animals before and we know she's great at making rabbit chili homemade from her own garden. So um those skills That's are the future. I mean, yes, that's, that's, true. that's true. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. It's maybe just an innate skill. Maybe it's just something the wilderness brought out in her. Um, she's very comfortable so. with a knife. And um, so in that scene, you know, Nat tells Travis that it all happened so fast and the wilderness chose. Travis is obviously devastated. Um, Lottie asks Misty why she heard Travis outside screaming. And then Misty tells Lottie that they'll be eating Javi. And Lottie did not love hearing that news this was not exactly what she intended she was horrified by that like it went because i mean when you think about it like she was encouraging them to make like blood sacrifices if you will but like they were slicing the palms of their hands like or using animals they weren't hunting one of their own like so to go from like in one episode like slicing your palm and dripping the blood over an animal skull to like willingly just killing one of your friends because you're starving like that's such a jump offering buttons <laughs> yeah <laughs> that one always gets to me every time I think about it I'm like she offered a button what does that do <laughs> yeah yeah I mean oh, gosh so Lottie's Lottie's not feeling it and I think that's kind of foreshadowing her you know deferring her antler queen status to Nat eventually because she doesn't feel right you know she had her time now we're moving on to Nat's time. And uh, of course, we'll get to that when we cover it at the end. But then we get into the scene again. Shauna goes outside. She's got the knife. She's very visibly upset. Um, At this point, Coach makes his way back to the cabin and chats with Nat. And it's kind of awkward. And he seems a little bit disturbed. Um, Emily, kind of walk us through what that scene was like. Well, he walks upon, like, he walks up on Shauna after she's, like, just butchered Javi's body. And at first he sees the blood on the ground and he's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Like, an animal, like, a fresh kill. 
And then he looks at the table and looks, well, first he looks at the chair and sees Javi's clothes stacked up on the chair next to the table. And then when he looks at the table, like you can see his head, like you can visibly see his head and see like actual bones, like that were clearly scraped clean. And he is absolutely mortified. But you have to remember, too, that he was not there for that chase. He was not there for any of that. So he has no idea that Javi technically died by accident. So in his mind, he's probably thinking they just killed Javi because they're crazy and they've gone off the deep end. So, like, he thinks of them as monsters. And he said that way back in the beginning of the season, like, in that hallucination he had of Paul. Like, Paul was like, I thought you called them monsters. Like, so he already had this view of them before they got out there. And that just intensified because of the way that their behavior changed. It sure did. And, you know, when we had interviewed Luciano, that was one thing he had told us as well, that Javi sees them as monsters. And, you know, who wants to be hanging out with, like, cannibals or whatever? I mean, to his point, there's multiple people that think they're monsters, of course. And it's all due to the shared trauma that they went through. And, I mean, it's not getting any better. They're only, like, halfway through their time out there. My question, I have a question. So he's like hobbling around on his crutch, climbing in and out of caves, how we got out of a cave, right? (laughs) Right. But if he hasn't eaten anyone or any, like, what is he eating to have that kind of energy? Because even during the chase, like they were all hallucinating and everything. I mean, I get it, adrenaline. But even when you have that much adrenaline, I mean, when you're hungry and you're in that starving mode, that's one thing that I'm always, like, I just... I'm questioning how is he surviving? Like what like the will to survive because he knows he has to get out of there to get away from them. I don't know. And I mean, he was having all these hallucinations much like a lot of them are. And you know, the girls hallucinating, they've actually eaten something. So it really must be 10,000 times worse. I mean, we see him rush out of the cabin and call Paul's name a couple episodes ago. We see him with all these deep hallucinations. So that is a great question. Uh, is it sheer will to live and destroy at this point? Because I don't know what he's surviving on. Belt soup? I don't even think he it, had any of that. Well, and yeah. even if he had that, that would have caused more hallucinations because of the chemicals, right? The chemicals, right? Yeah. But it's almost like as soon as he had that hallucination with Paul, the last one, when he was saying goodbye and he came out screaming Paul, it's almost like his decision to go jump off the cliff like gave him some sort of clarity. Like all of a sudden yeah. he's like, I'm all better and I'm going to go explore the wilderness. Yep. A fresh yep. start. And you know, look at what he's done with his fresh start. Now he's got a shelter, he's got some ropes and matches and he burned some shit down probably. Yeah. So eek. And uh, you know, Natalie essentially tells him like, you're a good person coach. You really don't belong in this place. And I think that's when he really sees Natalie's completely gone over to what he sees as the dark side. And he's like, you know what? There's no salvaging this situation. He cried in that moment too. Like when she said, like, it was supposed to be me. Like I let him die in my place. So I'm worse than they are. Like he had tears like falling down his face. Like he's clearly like really distraught over everything that's happening. And as the only adult, like I can imagine that probably feels you probably feel, even though you aren't responsible, like you're still going to feel some sense of responsibility. Yeah. For oh, any absolutely. human life. For any human life. If, yeah. if it's anyone, right? Yes. And he's desperate. I mean, he's down in the cave trying to start a fire. He can't, of course. And that spawns him to go back and get the matches and get the rope. And, you know, if he had had luck lighting the fire and, and maybe like cooking up a little bat carcass or something, maybe he wouldn't have gone back and 
I wonder if he premeditated it or if it was just a result of he saw what they were doing through the window yeah. and said, fuck yeah. this shit, as the, uh, the meme says, <laughs> fuck them kids, and he just like, that shit on fire. Um, so is the, is the theory, I, you'll probably get to it later, but is the theory that people don't know if he burned the cabin down? Is that what we're supposed to think? Because to me, it just seemed like he had the rope. I'm sure he tied all the doors to, or the whatever yeah. together, and he had the matches. I mean, it was like kind of clear as day that that's what he was trying to do. But I don't know. Don't, I think they at least want us to assume it's him. Like if it's not him, like it, right. like he had matches in his hand. Like right. granted, like we saw him struggling to light a fire in the cabin, but or in the cave. But he still had the matches in his hand and was watching what was transpiring through the window and looked very upset about it. And not long after that, the cabin is going up in flames. So yeah, unless well, it's just one of those things that they want they want to write it's a spot for them to change whatever the narrative is, which I understand. Yeah, And, and they really yeah. could make it go either way. I mean, as they've done with all different things and, you know, right. some people also kind of said, um, you know, maybe it was a hallucination of them burning it down, but I don't believe that because I do think they needed a device to move the story forward and get them yep. into the sense of desperation so they can go completely feral. So yep. I think the cabin actually burned down. Yeah, I do too. It's just up in the air, I guess who exactly burned it down. So once the butchering goes down, Shauna then comes back into the cabin. She's got her uh, tray of meat with the raw heart on it. And I don't know about you guys, but watching Travis take a bite of his brother's raw heart and then just like casually toss it into the fire, that that got me. Watching Kevin Alves react to this, the emotional depth i felt it i could not believe he took a bite of that damn heart like i read an interview yesterday that kevin alves gave and he said in the interview that when he read that in the script he actually had to stop reading and take a break because he was so as a viewer like he was so upset about what was happening yeah also how are they not physically getting sick from eating each other like so I was looking it up, and apparently you can eat humans because we're just meat, right? Like, <laughs> but you would think that we would have some sensitivity. They would have some sensitivity that, like, we saw the only one we saw physically get sick was Taisa, right? Yeah. When they yep. first ate Jackie. So I don't know, unless they're just so starving that they need nutrients, and, and it's just, I don't know. I just feel like they would be getting sick. It just seems like. Right. I mean, unless it's just what the wilderness wants and it's enough to sustain and nourish them and a suspension of disbelief. But you're right. I mean, there's been a lot of fodder about like, is there some kind of poisoning situation out there? Is there something in the water that could be, you know, that they're consuming that's causing like mass hallucinations or like mercury poisoning or runoff of some sort if there are mines around? So that is a good question. But um, I mean, for now, it seems like they're alive. I wouldn't say they're well, but they are alive. So, um, that's something. And, um, just reading through the notes, Emily, uh, you're so great at putting these together. Your next bullet point is fucking hilarious. (laughs) Misty brings Lottie a bowl of Javioli. Lottie (laughs) is very upset about the way things have transpired. I thought it wanted what was best for us, but now I'm not so sure. Lottie said, and then Misty says, and your team needs you eat. 
Um, Javioli. That, that's a good one. I need to make that into a meme. Like I can't take credit for it. I saw it somewhere else, but I had to add it in. <laughs> Someone mentioned that brains and spinal fluid are the human bits that make you sick. Wow. Thank you oh. for that scientific stuff. That's amazing. Um, okay. So they probably didn't eat the brain or the spinal fluid, but when they did eat Jackie, they like tore that shit apart organs yeah. and all. I don't know. Like how she was burned though. She was burned. That's true. Barbecued. They barbecued her. Yeah. And they did leave Javi's head. Javi's head was still there. So, I mean, they looked like prime, like filet on that thing that she had on the, her bladder. They really did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, their eyes were probably watering, you know, all their mouths were watering. I'm sorry. Um, they were probably just starving. I just, I still can't get over the bite of the raw heart though. Like I could not eat one of my siblings. I mean, I guess in this situation you kind of, but, um, Yikes, 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 yikes. And Van, Van trying to make him feel like safe about him. Yeah. He's like, let him save you, you know, that yep. after he, all he's been through. Uh, not, you know, don't feel bad. I don't feel bad that I'm here. Like, she was, who chose her to be the one to convince him that they needed to eat Javi? Like, yeah. That's a good question because they don't really have like a relationship with each other. No. Not no, that we've seen. Don't. Yeah. No. Although there's a lot of things we don't see. We know that there were three extras in this cabin the entire yeah. season that we only saw a couple times. So okay. actually, so I asked you guys that like in the chat, whatever the last time I was like, who are these three girls? So the yeah. one thing when I went back and rewatched it, you can see that I know, I know the circle picture with the, the yes. X on the side, yep. but you can see that Jen or Milo is one of them that's holding the knife to his throat, like her outfit. And then when they do come back in yeah. the cabin, she follows him out of the cabin. So those were the three when I was like, who are those three? I didn't even see the circle until I saw the picture that you guys had shared. Yeah. So the three that were holding him up, up against the wall, that's when I was like, who are they? So obviously there's the three people that are still there, but again, for yeah, the record. And their faces yeah. were completely covered in that circle. Yeah. And then again on the ice during the hunt and chase scene, we see them yep. coming out of the cabin. We see one of them kind of in the background on the ice, again, face covered. So yep. what yeah. I found interesting was I could not find a name anywhere for these background actors. I looked on IMDb, on the credits, like there are no names for them. So I also find it odd because last season with the extras, we knew like yellow jacket number one was Maya Lowe. So right. We're like, okay, we know who that is, but we have no fucking clue who these other people are. Like no, zero, none, none. Not whoever, even. Whoever is in charge of doing all of the media stuff, and I mean, you guys are good at digging. There are people, the sleuths that are out there, the citizen detectives. There is nothing. Like, they yeah. have kept this so airtight sealed. It's amazing. Like, I, I get it. They all signed the NDA or whatever, but usually you can find somebody to slip just a and there's just nothing unless yeah. it's the cast the cast posts like the photos or whatever and you're like ooh, there's a tidbit <laughs> yeah, and we've not seen any behind the scenes photos with these extras anywhere like yeah, sammy nope. and is usually like very on top of everybody that's right. on set and yeah. we don't see any tiktoks with these girls so it is like a very much nda thing because as an actor you want your name attached to the show so they're also Absolutely. probably like really bummed out keeping this secret from their friends and family like oh my god i'm like yellow jacket number three and season two and right. they can't say that so yeah i'm interested to know once they do start writing season three the gradual reveals we'll get ahead of season three, like we did with season two. We got a lot of casting news. A lot of people weren't happy about that. They felt that spoiled things, but I appreciated it because it I gives you too. just a little bit of information going into it. Yes, yeah. a little bit, but not too much. They didn't give us too much. Like, yes, we knew, you know, Van was going to survive. We got Lauren Ambrose, but we had no idea any of the other stuff. So just because yeah. we learned one thing doesn't mean that 
it's necessarily what we think it is. So I look forward to all these slow reveals uh, once we get to that point. And also when we asked Nia Sundaya about them, she Mm -hmm. did not want to answer the question. Like she said, I'm going to leave that one alone. Yeah. So that to me is like a hint that they're going to appear at some point in time somehow. Like even if they're just killed for food, like they're going to appear somehow. I'm yeah. sure everyone is super nervous too. Like nobody wants to slip and say anything because, you know, like they don't want to be the ones to do it. Be like, yep. no. I mean, even when we got to interview Luciano, he was so good about keeping tight lipped about things. He did not he spoil was. anything. I mean, he yeah. mentioned like, oh, he probably stole the bear meat. That was not like a major spoiler. That was something we surmised. But props yeah. to all of them for respecting their NDAs and keeping secrets. And, you know, we've never tried to push things out of cast members in our interviews either because we respect them and what they can and cannot share so you know um we do our digging but we also always want to respect that's on the side things on the side (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly okay so uh back to the teen timeline is when we start hearing van they ask her to tell a story and they say oh what about while you were sleeping again or i think they maybe suggested another one bride princess bride that's right the princess bride and instead she goes with a van original actually that might make a cute shirt like some kind of once upon a time shirt anyway i digress uh she begins to tell the group a story and uh we see at that point coach ben outside of the cabin with the axe rope and matches and this is when van says once upon a time there was a place called the wilderness and again like we mentioned at the top i thought this would be the spot we see the jason ritter yep. cabin daddy flashback wow. and we did not so yeah. does that what mean a bummer. like are they gonna maybe film more of it and make it into more of a thing since they couldn't insert it at that point? Are they going to have to retell the story to fit it in somewhere else? Like, I just really want to know more about this Jason Ritter situation. They have a lot of footage that I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's okay. That's what I was just going to say. I feel like they probably filmed so much more that we haven't seen in advance. The girls aging and like how hobby aged it's, I'm sure that they have it for whatever, wherever they're going to fill it. Or maybe they're just going to drop it. Who knows? Secret episode. I mean, Ashley Lyle did, did tease it on Twitter. She was drinking one night, I think either margaritas or something, but she said she said too much, but never rule out a bonus episode. So I think that really got the fandom thinking. There was another podcast, I believe, who said they reached out to Showtime and asked, and Showtime said, no, there is no bonus episode, we promise. But I don't know if I trust them. So <laughs> I'm not that I don't trust the podcast, but Showtime, only because they are so good at keeping these secrets. So yeah. It's all kind of up in the air, but let's hope for the bonus episode. But she said it when she was, it was like a drunk text, right? Or a drunk tweet. Yes. So maybe she was just trying to get people talking more. Maybe. Maybe. I am hoping that she, there's some truth in what she said and that we will get the bonus episode. We'll see. We all need more. We all need the more. I mean, we really do. We all 100% need more. And speaking of uh, people who need more, in the cabin, Shauna is in there journaling and she is, let's pull up her page, uh, a little entitled here. She feels like it should have been her that is the new leader, right? So Emily, read what Shauna was journaling about. How could it not have been me after everything when I was the only one willing to do to do what it took, what it took to keep us all fed? <laughs> it's like so messy. I can't read the 
I think it's, I used to think it was Jackie who made me feel invisible, but, and then, so, I mean, it's a good thing she's up journaling. And I should say that right before this is when they actually did the transfer of power. I skipped a part here. So this is when Lottie tells the rest of the group that she's not meant to lead them. Natalie is. The wilderness spared Natalie for a reason. And we see the girls all bowing in allegiance to Natalie as their new leader, as Coach Ben is looking inward from the cabin porch as this new crowning takes place and they all um i loved that scene oh it what they all did their cute little like bow um travis you know kind of held his heart over her heart which like really really got me yes they all kind of um you know they they take their bows they honor natalie and i've got to say it seems like she's kind of happy about this like she's enjoying it a little when bit. Misty does her like little curtsy, she like laughs at her like, and that very much reminded me of like a jester, like in like an old court from like medieval times. Like that would be Misty. It was very theatrical, <laughs> yeah. You because know, she's, yes. yeah. but also they. I feel like it was a happy moment. We got to see like a moment of them, like just they they've got a full belly right now. Like they're mm-hmm. they're they're fed, and then they get to kind of just. It's nice to see Nat happy for a minute you know what I'm yeah. saying just, yeah. she's been so tormented and teased and just kind of the odd duck out even though she's been the one that's been providing for the most part which I don't understand like just for why they treat her like the way they do but anyways it's just nice to see them have like a, a happy moment because we get so many dark moments in the scene like it's yeah. just the adults like we dark get- moments speaking of Travis biting into that heart by the way yeah. oh my god like literally that's me every time but like the one that I like the most the interaction like I said was was Travis and putting yeah. Natalie's hand on his heart I also love that he's wearing the co-ed naked shirt which you know mm-hmm. of course we're all tied into the co-ed naked verse but I I loved that and you know I know I'm skipping ahead here and adult Natalie dies but don't you think it's weird that Travis wasn't there in the plane with her at the end? Like, especially after yeah. this big Travis moment here. And I was wondering, like, did they film something and cut it out? But the mirroring just would have been so strong to have this scene and then yeah. have it paid off with Travis talking to adult Natalie in her, her death plane scene. I mean, right? I fully expected to see him, like, especially after seeing Javi, I expected to see Travis. Like, it it fit to have young Natalie there, obviously, but Lottie, I'm really curious as to why Lottie appeared. Right. It's also, it's heartbreaking if you think about it. Like, if that's death and, like, he maybe had something to do with the fact that he committed suicide or, like, that he was already gone. Maybe they didn't have, you know, how people, like, have unfinished business and yeah. so you, whatever. So maybe it had something to do with that. But it's heartbreaking to know that in her final moments, she was in such a sad place oh my you know gosh, like it, just, me. it was I'm, like purgatory like it reminded me a little bit of lost and oh, totally. you know it kind of made me think <laughs> when when teen nat made that comment to herself uh to adult nat about we've been here for years oh. i mean it just goes to show that her life has almost been a purgatory because she's uh, been yeah. mentally stuck in this wilderness place in her mind her heart her body all of that um you know trying to keep the tiger in the cage as she said in the pilot and um you know it was just it was really sad to see it all kind of end like that so uh, it's just a bummer 
it was a total bummer. And, um, you know, again, back to Shauna journaling, it's a good thing she was awake journaling because, <laughs> right? I mean, she realizes like, okay, like the cabin's on fire. Everyone else is sleeping. She rushes downstairs, wakes up the group so they can get out safely. Um, it appears that the exits are all um, jammed or stuck. Of course, Ty grabs the axe, starts like breaking that shit down. And they all grab what they can. Emily, walk us through who took what out of that burning cabin. I can't, the only one I remember, like, for sure, who took what was Van. I remember what was taken. I know Ty, Ty obviously grabs the axe. We see that. Yep. Natalie grabs the gun. And bullets, I think. Yep. Yes, the bullets are grabbed. Then they all grab, like, blankets, obviously. I can't remember. One of them says, like, grab as many blankets as you can. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it was Mari that grabs the frying pan from the fire. And then Van grabs the playing cards, like of all things to grab. She grabbed those playing cards. She goes back for them. Which you think she's going to get hit by the falling piece of the roof. Like all of a sudden, so you think she's not coming back out, but those cards. As someone pointed out in the Hive After Dark, Shauna grabbed Jackie's dress. Yes. I mean. Is that (sighs) another queen dress? I wondered when I watched it the second time, I'm like, is that a white dress? It looks like it's a white dress. I don't dress. think so. I think no? it's a Doom coming dress. I think it oh, was yeah. a Doom coming dress. Oh, my God. I'm pretty white. sure. Yeah. Not yeah. positive. I did not even notice that. That was someone else that um, that noticed that. And, you know, I think it was the Doom coming dress. That makes sense. Alexandra's comments. Now she'll think she all she saved them all again in terms of Shauna. And that feeds into her entitlement a little more. So yep. it'll be interesting to see who's going to be the next leader in the teen timeline. And as we kind of talked about on the Hive After Dark, will that mirror the adult timeline? We saw Nat become the new leader in the teen timeline, and then adult Nat died. Does that mean that whoever is selected next season will end up being the dead person at the end of season three? And will they kill off one adult each season and end it with Shauna in season five? I mean... That would be crazy. All speculation. Um, Nikisha, just going to shout out your comment. I hope she washed the blood off the dress. I was thinking well. the same thing. <laughs> of course, uh, Jackie and Travis, you know, did did the deed, uh, Doom Coming Night. So that was definitely a thing. But um, yeah. she was yeah. so hungry, she sucked the blood off. Ew, it's terrible. Oh Sorry. God. Oh <laughs> it's terrible. Sorry, that was bad. <laughs> Um, so the cabin burns down, they all escape to safety and they watch in shock and horror as it's destroyed, except for Lottie, who's kind of like smiling a little bit. So that was kind of odd. She looked happy to me. Like it made me think about in the first season when they first find the cabin and she did not even want to go inside. Like Mm -hmm. she said the first, the second she laid eyes on that cabin, she said, I have a really bad feeling about this place. And that night, Thaisa had to persuade her to come inside. Like they saw that dead bear that was killed by those wolves that same day. And she was like, I'm not going to let you sleep outside after we saw what happened to that bear. She still didn't want to go inside after seeing that. Right. Like she had like deep down in her soul, she felt something was wrong with that place. And she might be right. And if there is, I hope that because it burned down, that doesn't mean that we like don't get the story as to like why it has this bad energy. Like I want to know. Coming. It's coming. I feel like there was an interview where they said that the cabin guy story is coming. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for it. And just to note, you know, in this behind the scene photo and even the one um, on the actual show, of course, they're all standing there in horror, but we don't see those three extras here. 
Um, no, we but, do not see the three extras. Someone but they're off to the side, though. They, Isn't that yes, kind of they are. They are off to the side because when they pan out and they show the cabin from overhead, like when it's on fire, you can see the the main group standing in front of it, and then you can see off to the side. There's like three other people. Oh, fascinating! Yeah, someone did mention that in the hive after dark. So again, cannot wait to see what happens with the extras in season three. With that, let us move on to the adult timeline. <laughs> we oh, open the adult timeline with Lottie pressing the adult women, saying the wilderness will not stop until it gets what it wants. One of them, and she picks up a cup of tea to drink it, but is then stopped by the other women. So they stop her from drinking the poison. Um, Shauna develops a strategy to kind of play along with it, which in the long run, don't know if that was a great strategy. Yeah, that was not a good one. Right. And she suggests, (laughs) you know, if they're going to do it, give it what it wants. They need to do it properly and give it a hunt. Um, Misty says they need weapons and masks and, and uh, a deck of cards with a single queen in it is what Natalie says. So they all just immediately like jump to action or like, okay, you know, let's do it. Meanwhile, they're of course trying to buy time for a psych team to come, which of course we know is then later called off another misstep. But um, Shauna then tells Lottie to make sure none of the cult members are around for the hunt. And again, she's doing it to try to kind of like, by time and hopefully get these other people to safety. Um, and then Misty, of course, has some funny stuff. Emily, walk us through Misty in this situation. He says she just cracks me up with like her take on situations. Like she is like so socially inappropriate and like thinks that she's like got these great intentions, but she, so she starts like at saying to them, like, it probably wouldn't be hard to get her recommitted considering her history. And she says something like, wait, I think I have the actual quote in here. Do I have it? I think it's the one as a medical professional, I can easily call her treating physician, like medical professional. Yes. And then Natalie says something like she wanted us to drink poison fucking oolong. Yeah. So <laughs> hospitalizing her is not the way to go about this. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and she says, you know, we can't just hospitalize her and call it a day. So um, you know, Van agrees with Natalie, which is interesting, and surprises her. And Van says it's it it isn't just about Lottie's mental illness. It's about what they all went through in the wilderness. So I feel like they all feel a little bit of a sense of responsibility for Lottie and her spiraling out at this point. But my like thought on that is like, they put all this, like Lottie has this mental illness, but like if Natalie really was the leader out there, then why are they not like more sympathetic to her? Because she bared all of like, like she took the responsibility from that point on for all the fucked up shit that happens out there. Like she's the leader so she bears that weight for them. She carries that guilt for them. Like they don't feel as guilty as she does because she was in charge. Well, I think that's going to, ch- I mean, I don't know. We don't know yet, but maybe they all have the guilt. They just, they process it differently. And maybe, I, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't think Nat's the only one that has that same kind of, like, I don't know. I, Yeah. Now is the only one that was like going through it though. Everybody yeah. else has got their own shit to deal with right now and their own problems and Adam and Taisa and you know, just all of the stuff. And yeah. I think Nat was in this, you know, sober place, which 
she's just, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I totally interrupted. Go ahead. Right. Oh, no, Go ahead. Totally fine. That's why we're here. I mean, this is our last recap of the season too. So oh, I mean, let's talk about it because it's our last one for a while. So, you know, um, so then we see Misty, who is snooping around in Lottie's private quarters. She's able to grab her cell phone from a locked cupboard that, of course, she forced her way into. And timing uh, has it ringing at that exact time. Um, and then we hear somebody walking in the door, who, of course, is Walter, who hears Misty's phone vibrating and calls out to her. Mm-hmm. Misty asks, what are you doing here? And he says he's come to help. And enter Walter. I'm just so glad that he came back. Me too. Uh, I love that scene. Oh my God. I just love Walter. And uh, I, I love, um, you know, that he's actually, he likes Misty. He's trying to help her. We suspected all season that maybe he had ill intentions. Perhaps he was related to Adam. Perhaps he was Adam's bone marrow donor, all different things. But it turns out that he's probably a serial killer equally as fucked up as Misty and now they're joining forces it like gives me a little bit of the Dexter vibes when he gets the girlfriend later on and they're both kind of like serial killers Um, so I guess the difference is that on Dexter they only kill other people that are also killers whereas uh, here they're out there shooting cops and trunks and stuff so the problems in the way think whoever's in their way right yeah Yeah. exactly so Again, can't wait to see where the Walter and Misty story goes in season three. But for now, Walter is here. He's at the compound and he set it up. So uh, Saracusa and Kevin Tan actually show up there, coincidentally, at the same time as Jeff and Callie, um, which I thought was strange, too. And in the meantime, Ty and Van are having a conversation about Lottie in the kitchen. Um, Emily, do you want to find that quote? Um yeah. It's, it's at this point where, <clears throat> excuse me, um, this is the first glimpse at Van, uh, the Van that we really knew from the wilderness, right? She's yeah. saying that she doesn't think they should use outside help and they need to handle this problem themselves. Um, what exactly did she say, Emily? Ty says, Van, Lottie's sick. And Van says, but she isn't. Well, if she is, then so are you. Ty, we've all felt it in our own way. Maybe we can reach her. And Taisa says, we tried. And Van says, well, then we need to try it again. Do you really think that being locked up in some psych ward is going to help her? Would it help you? We handle this ourselves. We'll protect each other. Didn't we all swear we would? Right. So I find it so interesting that they're just, you know, that Van is willing to really call this psych situation off. I mean, it's a dangerous situation. Yeah. I think Van switched when they were in the sharing shack. I think that that moment when, when Shauna came up with the idea and they were like, what are you doing? I think Van saw an opportunity right there to continue. I think it was like, actually, I think when she saw Lottie, when they first arrived, she maybe was like, yep. Lottie can help me. Lottie can take care of this. Cause why else would she have brought it up to Taiso at the campfire? Like she wasn't going to bring it up at all. So maybe just, her belief from back in the day, maybe, I mean, cause when you're at that place, when there's no more hope and you're on your way out, what's, you know, like, why not give it a shot? Like I'll try, you'll try anything Yeah, for someone right. who wants to live, you know? Yes. And did she think that her cancer would get cured? Is this what's in the back of her mind kind of driving all this? Or is that not even a thought in her mind? And that's, you know, just kind of how it plays out. Well, I'm not interested about she that. She had that conversation with Travis about not feeling bad about wanting to live. So maybe it's the same kind of situation where she shouldn't feel bad. She's glad she's alive. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. That's maybe a good point. Yeah. That is a really good point. Um, so there, 
essentially all prepping for this hunt, um, we see Natalie actually burning the uh, one of the cards and prepping the deck. Um, Shauna is sharpening her knife and then Van and Ty are making animal masks. Like there is a lot of actual buy-in at this point from them. And it's yeah. to be it's every day getting ready. They're like, let's get ready for a, a hunt. Get <laughs> our masks, sharpen our knives. Like right. Misty's obviously going to grab her uh, needle injection thing from her purse. So yeah. they're all doing what they need to do to prep in their own ways. And uh, meanwhile, Callie and Jeff are in the car. They're on the way. Um, to Lottie's compound, Jeff's telling Callie about what might happen in regards to Shauna getting arrested and if they need to go into hiding. And this is like one of my favorite things, right? Jeff's like, we would need fake passports, a bunch probably. And you know, we could never eat our favorite takeout ever again or, or even Google ourselves ever again. I love that. And then Callie again is like, do you Google yourself often? Like, I just love that. I love Jeff. I'm so glad Jeff didn't die. Of course, they were going to kill him after seeing that blood spatter at the Sadeki house, which of course turned out to be his dream with Shauna. I was going to take the blame for it. I mm -hmm. said that in one of the chats one time with you guys. I was like, he's going to, and then yeah. he's, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Just go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it didn't I, surprise me that he did. No. That he tried no. to take the blame. Didn't and surprise me either. Callie was right. This has all began because of him. Like, is the blackmailing. None of this would have been set into place if he hadn't, if the American family wasn't failing or whatever he said when they were walking. Yeah. Up. I wrote that one down too. He yeah. said, the American family is crumbling, Callie. You try making a living off sectionals. Sectionals, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my God. Oh my God. Also, is, I, Bubbly, is Bubbly a sponsor of the show? I was just curious. Uh, they are not. They are not, but we would no. love them to be. We'd, you know. She was holding that bubbly can, and I'm like, those are delicious. But it was just the way she was holding it. I was like, I wonder. I wonder. Uh, could, be, could be some product placement there. I mean, they're so good about it between, like, the Coet Naked, the Caboodles, the Corn Nuts, the Sea Breeze. Like, lots of good product placement yeah. there. Yeah. Um, okay, so Callie and Jeff, they arrive at the compound and are going to pull onto the property, but they're scared away by a few of the weird cult members in purple. And they go to find another way onto the property. Meanwhile, Kevin Tan and Sarah Kusa pull up um, as they drive off, and then they knew it was Kelly and Jeff and wonder if they were seen, and uh, they still continue to the compound. Um, it's then that Natalie approaches Lisa. Emily, walk us through the conversation between Nat and Lisa. That conversation made me really sad, too, because, like, the way that Natalie ended the conversation, like, it made me feel like she knew something bad was going to happen. Uh -huh. Like. She goes in and she tells Lisa that Lisa needs to leave. Like, she doesn't give her details, but she says something's going to happen tonight and you need to not be here. And Lisa starts asking questions, but Natalie doesn't want to give her any information. And before she leaves, she turns around and she looks at her and she says, thanks for trying to teach me about forgiveness. It's a nice idea. Ugh. And Ugh. that just, like, broke my heart. Yeah. The way that she delivered that line was so heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell they were all emotional. Like how, I mean, yeah. and how many times did they film that? I felt like she was already at that emotion. Like she had been, she looked like she had been crying already. Yeah. Oh, it's just, oh, I'm, oh, this ending. This is the one, this is the one that 
I yeah. know. And, you know, the scene with the hunt, they said it took, I believe it was two nights and it was like rainy and it was very emotionally charged. And, and it yeah. was a lot for everybody, I think, emotionally draining. And, um, you know, there were very clearly a lot of feelings about this finale yeah. by not only the fans and viewers, but also the cast. I mean, Christina Ricci had shared that very nice kind of sad undertone Instagram post, yeah. um, you know, before the finale aired. And of course, Juliette Lewis shared a really nice post last night yeah, too on her did. Instagram. Go check that out. It just, it's a little emotional, a little bit emotional. I can't believe Juliette Lewis is not going to be on the show anymore. It's, uh, it's what would be awesome is if like they could go back. Obviously she's taking a small break or whatever, but it would be, I mean, it's still kind of possible that they could bring her back for like flashbacks of their, I thought that too. Yeah. Okay. Their adult time. Like there's all the, there's 25 years that we have to like, they could play with. So if they ever revisit yeah. anything about Travis, it made me think maybe we'll yeah. see Natalie again. Yes. Yep. Yes. I, I think we would all love to see that. It just like, I know some of us would love to see uh ghost crystal pop up at some point. Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, we saw Laura Lee coming back. We saw, of course, Jackie coming back. So we can never rule out a dead cast member coming back in some way, shape, or form. Yep. Ghost or, you know, whatever. Um, in the meantime, Walter is in the compound kitchen, and he is cooking something on the stove, hot cocoa, and he's singing a song, Send in the Clowns. I'm going to show Vine's tweet. We showed it the other night. It's a Barbara Streisand song. And she said, with him singing this song, all I want to ask is, what does he regret doing? Because the song is apparently about deep regret and furious anger. So what does he deeply regret and what is he angry about? That is a really good question. The song Send in the Clowns is about deep regret and furious anger. Um, I don't know, but it's a funny he song. sounded so happy when he was singing it. <laughs> I know the irony of it, right? I mean, <laughs> I think he's just a Babs fan, a Barbara Streisand fan. Yeah. Like the last one was they had Sweeney Todd. He was, it was Barbara Streisand. Yep. I think he's just like a theater guy as well. He just, maybe he was just singing along. <laughs> That's right? totally possible. Mm -hmm. And so then we see the um, Walter and Kevin scene unfolding. Walter gives him a cup of hot chocolate, which, um, big mistake on Kevin Tan's part for taking it. Of course, I was watching like, do not take that hot cocoa. Yeah. Like, dead meat. Like I said out loud to my husband, he's trying, to, he's going to poison him. Which is yeah. interesting because normally women are the ones that poison, as we discussed in our Is MFQ a Serial Killer episode for our Patreon. Um, but yeah, uh, Kevin, not, not a smart move accepting that. So Kevin tells Walter that he is actually the police. And um, Walter tells Kevin that Shauna isn't the only one that's there. And there's practically a coven of them. Enter Jeff and Callie, who approach the building on the compound. Um, Jeff sees Kevin Tan inside talking to Walter. Jeff tells Callie, go find her mom while he handles things. And Jeff, like, isn't doing a great job of handling things because he's talking to um, Kevin Tan. And then he just, like, collapses and falls over and, like, basically is gone. So. It, was, it was so good. It was, he's, like, he's, like, you know, rubbing his eyes. and then. Like, you kind of didn't see it coming at first. I mean, obviously, we knew. But it was still yeah. how he was like, oh, Jeff. Yeah. Like, you think he's annoyed with what he's done. And then all yep. of a sudden, like, 
he just went down. Yeah. <laughs> he did. And it was right after, of course, Jeff yeah. like put his arms in there and was like, hey, I did it. I murdered Adam in a fit of rage, which is like the worst fake confession ever. But actually, Walter compliments him on it. And he's like, yeah. oh, it's a great fake confession. Like, I, yeah, I can tell it came out of love. <laughs> I mean, that was that was pretty funny. And and of course, um, oh, the exact quote was that was a beautiful false confession. I could see that it came out of real love. Yes, that was exactly what he said. And that that's funny. Walter admits to Jeff that he intentionally poisoned Kevin and, you know, spiked his hot cocoa with that fatal dose of the phenobarbital, which again, is this just like readily available in the compound? Like, do they have jars of it just like laying around? Like, no, yeah, that's that's like a heavy duty medication. So that is, that it's for the animals. It's for their barn. Because okay. that's what it's used for like surgeries and what actually one of my dogs is deathly allergic to it. So and to, you know, it's for sedation more than anything. But, yeah, man, their poisons, though, that they do in the show, they're quick. Like, you don't even have a chance. No, you're fine. You are done. Done, done, yeah. done, done, done. Yeah. And meanwhile, Lottie appears to be getting ready for the hunt. Uh, we see Ty actually calling off the mental health crisis team they previously called and said that they would be taking her to the hospital themselves, which, again, I... I mean, it just goes to show how committed she is to Van at this point for supporting her in that decision, which is not always like Taisa. Um, We see her supporting Van in the teen timeline, attending all of Lottie's woo-woo meetings, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, full circle here, she's completely... completely supporting Van in, in all ways. And um, it's then the adult women all gather around the fire. (sighs) They are wearing their masks. um, And while that is happening, we see Callie running into Saracusa while she's looking for Shauna. And then we see Callie with the gun. Yeah. Jeff was so stupid to tell her that he even had that gun. Like, because the second she goes for the glove compartment, he's like, don't look in there. Like, why would you put a gun in the glove compartment of your car? Well, he looked there when he when she was asking, too. He was like, he directed it and she's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Jeff is not, like, he's he's pretty obvious with most things. Like, you can yeah. see right through him. Bless him. I mean. Worst criminal. Worst criminal. Worst criminal. Worst. It's like when he was having the phone conversation, like, you, the man you were having an affair with, the authorities have found, like, the way that he uses the words. I just, yeah. I love Jeff. I love everything about him. Yeah. Um, so, Saracusa and Kelly are talking. Uh, that's when Saracusa gets a call from Kevin Tan, but it's not actually Kevin Tan. It's his voice that Walter recorded. God, that was Walter. so smart. Like, he's so good with the details. He I covered mean. all, like, every single base he covered. Like, he really, really did. Oh, oh my God. So then we start kind of going back and forth between uh, the scenes in the wilderness. We see, you know, Callie is eventually going to join the adults. Uh, Lottie pulls out the playing cards and begins the ritual. And Shauna, of course, is like, do you think we could like shuffle those again? Um, Just to make sure Lottie didn't do anything to the cards. And um, at the last minute, it's like they're trying to talk some sense into Lottie, but it it really doesn't work. Lottie is fully committed and Van says she'll start. And uh, she starts it off with the four of clubs, hand the, hands the deck to Thaisa. She almost refuses to take a card. And then what does Lottie say to her? Thaisa, are you refusing to draw? You know what happens if you do. Mm-hmm. And then one round goes by. Not one of them draws the queen of hearts. Uh, Lottie insists they all draw again. 
Um, Ty shakes her head. Uh, yes, as Lottie yeah. says, is it possible she switched to the bad one somehow? That's interesting. I wonder if Ty did kind of like go into a fugue state at that point. I mean, I could see the look in her eyes like changed in that moment. Like when Lottie says draw again, Van or not Van, Ty shakes her head yes. And when they after they're done drawing and they walk over to get their masks and she turns around, like it's like a completely different person. I have a question, actually. You know when they show Lottie and it's like the spin around and she's the magic song happens and she's like, and then she walks over to the cabinet and feels at the cabinet? Yeah. I know. Do you think that she knows they're up to something before they go, before she goes? Do you, I, I didn't, I was trying to figure out what that was about, why she went to the cab, or like she felt it, right? Yeah. And then, I don't know, did you guys catch something off of that? Because when she shows up, she's got the knife and then obviously then all of this happens. I, I think she might have like an inkling that like one of them was trying to do something, but maybe in her brain, like that meant that they were like interested in what was going on and wanted to participate in what she was doing. Yeah. It was just a weird shot how they held it yeah. up and her holding the cabinet, you know? Like no, it, was- it definitely was weird. Yeah. I caught that too. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Tie switching. Yes, yes. <laughs> so eventually we see Shauna actually draws the queen card the other adult yellow jackets put their masks on and choose their weapons. And uh, Lottie says, Shauna, it's up to you the way we used to, you can submit or you can run. And instead of running, Shauna just begins to walk away and they all begin to chase her. Hold up a minute. (laughs) She's like, no, she's like, hold up a minute. Yeah. 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 Like what I didn't get was the buy-in, like the immediate buy-in on this. They all just like, Flipped. Go for it. And for a group of people that weren't initially really into it and were just trying to buy time, it all happened so fast. Um, oh, Nikisha, this is interesting. During the present day card scene, they show flashes of the teen actress over their adult self, except for Ty. I didn't, I didn't realize that Ty wasn't in that montage. I didn't notice that either. Oh, my I God. Think I, I think I noticed that because they were showing everybody. But then, yeah, I, yeah, that was a yeah. Hmm. That's a good observation. Yeah. So Saracusa is looking for Kevin. He can hear a phone ringing from inside the trunk of his car. Um, He manages to get the trunk open and then things escalate fast, right? Walter pulls up, pulls the gun from Saracusa's holster, like very smart thinking. And what does he do? He freaking shoots him three times. Blank in the trunk of a car. Like he is now officially a cop killer. And then... Walter's essentially, um, you know, blackmailing Kevin Tan and Saracusa and, you know, pins the murder of Adam Martin and Jessica Roberts on Kevin and claims that a police corruption scandal, um, he has evidence to prove it. And so, um, Emily, why don't you read the exact quote? I think you put it in the notes here. I did. So after Walter shoots uh, Kevin, Saracusa says, who the fuck are you? And Walter says, I'm the guy about to give you a choice. Now imagine how impressed the Whiskeyak police force would be when they realized their new recruit nearly lost his life uncovering his partner's involvement in a sordid police corruption scandal. And Saracusa says, sorry, come again. And this is the line that I really love that he said. It's called a narrative. Try and yes and a little here. 
Yes, so when the police dig in, they will discover a wealth of bank and phone evidence connecting your partner here, not only to the murder of Adam Martin, the investigation he was trying to impede, but also to the recent death of the known political op- operative named Jessica Roberts. It's easy to see why Kevin here would stop at nothing to keep it from coming out. You'd be a real hero to the community, unless you'd rather all those bank and phone records pointed to you. Mm. I've taken the liberty of contacting the local authorities. Until you're ready to talk to them, you might want to close that. And he gestures to the truck. Mm-hmm. Sirens. Yep. Right. I mean, good plan. Good plan by Walter. He's protecting Misty. He's uh, taking care of this issue for Callie as well. And speaking of um, Callie, uh, right now the adults are in the midst of chasing Shauna. And then Callie appears with a gun, which seems to come out of nowhere. The timing is absolutely impeccable. Shauna begs Callie to put the gun down. Mm-hmm. And she, Shauna's like, Misty, where is the crisis intervention team? And then Ty tells her that her and Van called the team off. Van says it's not right. And Lottie um, is the way she is because of them. So Yikes. I mean, Lottie, also just the way she looks at Callie with this kind of adoration, like, so Shana, creepy. is that your daughter? Like, yeah. she wanted a piece of her in the cult or like a next generation huntress or something. I thought that was just kind of. I was thinking maybe she like looks at her that way because maybe Callie is like the only like natural born child to any of the survivors. Oh, Oh, that's interesting. Yep. We don't know if Sammy yeah, is. We don't I mean, know. Sammy could technically be Ty's biological child. We don't know yet. Yeah, but you're I right. I mean, she's I the only it. known, known actual um, child of one of the survivors. So that's yeah. that's interesting. You're right. There's also the fact that they were all expecting Shauna's baby. So maybe she was like the, for the baby boy. Maybe she was like, "This is your child." You know, maybe it was more like like you said, the adoration. Maybe. They never got the child since their mind is all still trapped in the wilderness. Maybe you're like, Uh, oh, she grew up or he grew up or whatever, you know. That's right. And, and, you know, Lottie's still out there. I mean, and we, we just see the spiraling and she keeps telling the adult women that whatever it is, it's still in them. She says that Nat was always its favorite. And that's when Natalie pulls out a knife and Lisa then appears with the gun and, and Nat's gun and tells Nat to drop the knife and things escalate very fast at this point. Emily, walk us through the action of this final craziness. So Lottie tells her that the wilderness always like favored her over everybody else. And she starts to say like something like, why do you always? And that's when Lisa pops out with the gun and she tells her to drop the knife. And Natalie tries to calm her down, but Lisa overheard them talking about how they killed people. So she starts asking all these questions about that, asking like, what are you talking about? Like, who did you kill? Like, and she's not accepting any of the answers that they're giving her. Natalie still hasn't put the knife down at this point. And then we see Misty in the background taking the cap off the needle. Mm-hmm. And just as Natalie drops the knife, Misty charges forward with the needle. Natalie sees that Misty is charging towards them. And she physically gets in between Natalie or in between Misty and Lisa. Like she saved Lisa's life. And I genuinely believe that she did that because she didn't save Javi. Like, I feel like that was her like redemption. Like she didn't do it the first time around. So she had to do it when it, when the opportunity presented itself again. And Misty stabs her with the syringe and within seconds, like 
she's dead. She's done. I mean, and it's it's so sad and ironic that it comes at the hands of MFQ, who's now killed two of her besties inadvertently, Crystal in Kristen. the timeline, Kristen off shit, yeah, shit cliff. Um, and you know, now with Nat in the adult timeline, and God, that's that's gotta hit hard. Um it's- yeah, her tears were genuine. I felt like with because you know how like when she's younger and she watches everybody how they react and how they behave and she's oh you know like but I, and everything else while she's an adult she has no emotions for the most part. Yeah, but this this was like she killed her best. Yes. That was genuine. We see MFQ's true emotions come up, which you're right. She's been very guarded. Um, you know, we we don't know a lot about her history, her family history, and other things she's experienced. We do know, of course, about the trauma. And what's interesting is the payoff for back in the pilot when Nat is at the bonfire and she sees teen Misty there, which mm-hmm. was a hallucination. She was, of course, tripping. But we always just thought, like, oh, why why is she seeing Misty? Blah, blah, blah. But it turns out this is definitely a payoff, as Karin Kusama noted that uh, this was kind of a, they're playing around with time, right? And Misty comes back as kind of an angel of death haunting Natalie. Um, and it, it's always been that Misty was going to end up taking yep. Nat's life. And so they they really paid it off and brought this full circle from the pilot, which I think a lot of people were kind of like, oh, that's weird. I don't, I don't like that. Alyssa, you're shaking your head. What did you think about that? I was, that was not what I was expecting that to be at all. I thought there was going to be a million other things. I feel like it was one of those things that was, I love the show. I love everything and I'm just going along for the ride. But to me, that reveal seemed like Natalie's gone and this is where we're going to lead it to, or this is how we're going to tie it up. Cause I didn't see that as she was tripping and she just sees Misty. Like to me, that did not, I just, I don't know. I'm maybe I'm too blonde. Maybe I I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't register. Like I can't understand it. Maybe you can explain it to me. What song was playing when that happened? Was it like mother, mother? I can't remember what. No, I think it was down by the water. Yeah. Oh, PJ Harvey down by the water. That's right. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's fine if that's what it is. It's just, I felt like it wasn't just for her to be the, yes, she's the angel death. I understand that. I just did not understand why she was seeing her there. It just did not make sense. Of all places, right? Like it's, she didn't see her like haunting her on the plane ride there or something like that. When we should note that Nat did have a conversation with her dead dad. And now they've really paid that off by bringing her back on the airplane, having conversations with her teen self, with Javi and oh. with Body. And I mean, this just like crushed. Days later, I'm still like devastated over that scene. Like yeah. when she saw Javi, like I started crying because just what he said to her, like, it's not that bad. And seeing her younger self say, we've been here for years, like that just like, broke my heart like it ripped my heart out of my chest because that just goes to show that like she never moved past what happened to her she never got over the fact that she let Javi die in her place that haunted her until the minute she died like she clearly never got like true peace like she never felt 
okay about what they did. Like she was getting to that point where like she wanted to talk about it and deal with it. And like everybody was shutting her down and saying well, that's when like, she was sober now too. She she had been right? self-medicating yeah. all these years. I mean, even when she was a child, she was self-medicating. But yeah, that's oh, true. It's the most frustrating thing. For me, the worst part is the manner of her death and the legacy it will leave behind. Yeah. As one of the surviving yellow jackets, of course, the press is going to be all over this and as they called the death they reported it as an apparent drug overdose and I think that didn't sit well with me it didn't sit well with me either it felt very wrong and it felt like you know I mean of course it did pay tribute to her struggles as what, what she went through but it's a complete lie because this was not her struggle she was sober and to have it be an OD is just a really shitty legacy for her yeah and it Same makes with me- Travis like if he oh, really didn't kill himself like yeah. everybody's thinking that he killed himself when in reality something else probably happened yeah. like, and we may so not ever find out as like just like Natalie somebody who never got over his problems yeah uh, it's frustrating I'm so frustrated by it I seriously when it was over I always restart it I like and it's like what two o'clock three o'clock well for me it's like three o'clock in the morning it's like what midnight <laughs> for you guys and I, I could not sleep I was just sitting there I'm like and now we just have all this time like what are we gonna do so I went back to the beginning when they were all alive again I was like okay everything's fine again we're back to the beginning <laughs> everything's good yep. Anyways, yeah back Sorry. in the comfort zone totally yep. and yeah you know I just um I don't I don't love the way that they portrayed Juliette Lewis's death but you know they do everything for a reason and and like the showrunners and writers all say like everybody processes things differently and this was the story that they wanted to have play out so you know it, do you, do you guys know does did she have anything to do with the writing of her end like do you know have you found anything about that no I, I've been looking I've, I yeah. think she knew what was going to happen and right. you know, did have to keep it a secret but um it came as a surprise to the rest of the cast. I don't think anybody, you know, knew very soon that it was going to be Natalie dying in the finale. And, uh, oh my God, it was, it was, um, it was pretty tough to watch. And, you know, we have the police scene here at the end and this is, you know, how it ends. Walter approaches Misty, tells her he's taking care of the Adam Martin problem. Misty tells Walter she killed her best friend and he embraces her. And, uh, again, just for her to have to like go through this, um, you know, having lost Crystal and the teen timeline and whoever else they end up losing and, and now, um, you know, losing Nat after they just worked so well on screen together. I mean, I They're love that together. Were they, were they protecting Misty by saying that she was by the overdose? Was that I protecting so. Misty? So that, yeah, because yeah. they protect each other. Yeah. So. They were. And I mean, I get that. But at the same time, it's all about that legacy. And it sucks because the press will probably latch onto it. And that's what, you know, this Yellow Jacket survivor will be known for her, her death as an OD as someone who's been in rehab before. And yeah, unless they're all dead already. And it's just one big dream. (laughs) Right. I mean, I got lost vibes from the airplane scene. like 100%. I mean, I felt that when she said we've been here for years, I realized it was metaphorical. But at the same time, I'm like, maybe they all have been in this purgatory. But really, they have been they've been in an emotional and, um, you know, a, a purgatory of sorts, because they all really never left the trauma out there. It's always been within them. It is this darkness. So I will say that 
Natalie being crowned their leader in the teen timeline, like instantly made her adult character make so much sense to me. Like just because from here on out, like we know things get worse, obviously, like they've already done horrible things, but we know they're going to do more horrible things. Like we saw what happened to pick girl. So I feel like it really explained a lot as who she was as an adult. And it really just made everything connect and be like cohesive. And like, in that sense, it was like a full circle storyline, even though I'm not like completely satisfied with the way they like chose to kill her off. The fact that they showed that in the finale just made it make so much sense to me. Like the teen timeline part. It did. And, you know, just to note also, Kevin Tan and Nat, of course, were connected. They were connected and friends when they were teens. Natalie reconnected with him as an adult. So they also had a bond. So for the two of them to also die essentially on the same night is interesting in itself. And to Nikisha's point, I feel bad for Kevin's son. He's going to think his dad was a dirty cop. His family probably won't get his pension. And true. That's awful because Kevin Tan was a good guy. I mean, he was just doing his job. He had hung out with Nat and, you know, brought her to the soccer game of his child and whatnot. And so, again, for them to both die, too, and bring both of their storylines to a close when they did have a relationship is also just another sad little thing. And they died in the same place. Like, why? There there are no questions about that. Right? (laughs) I mean, two was Kayok High School you know, graduates with a history die in the same spot. You're right. I mean, maybe the police storyline will not be over. Let's hope they don't bring Saracusa back because I don't need him for another season, please. Like, Did you see him when he was leaning against He like, he was like, yeah. And then he was like, I'm crying. And then Callie was over there like. <laughs> the guy who plays him, I don't know his name, but John I know. John he, he tweeted or he posted on Instagram yesterday, like, thanks for letting me play your favorite villain or something like that. So and he nailed it. Nobody yeah. liked him like at all. And I think a lot of it had to do with the mustache. Again, nothing against people with mustaches. Well, M- mustache eye. I had Stranger Things on the other day. I it was, was just going to say that. It was the cop in Stranger yes. Things. I was like, I, I just had it on. I was outside doing yard work because the kids always listen to something inside or whatever. And it's, it's like 90 degrees here today. It's horrible. Anyway. But it's been that way all week. Anyway, I came in and I'm like, wait a minute. That's trash dash. Like, I was like, <laughs> holy moly. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I liked him in Stranger Things. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. realize that was him. Thank you guys for pointing that out. Also, cannot wait for the next season of Stranger Things, by Me the way. Too. Like, my kids love it. We went to the Stranger Things experience. I see you've got your Stranger Things Lego situation behind there, which is a situation. Yeah. It's not a set. I built it. Custom, you are Custom. Uh, yeah. um, actually I, I I didn't mean to be on here this long, so, but I do need to hop out. I gotta go do medicine for the dogs. Yeah, yeah, totally. Thank they, you for joining us. Congrats yeah, on the bag so and um get us your address and stuff and we'll send that out to you. But hey, thanks okay. for joining us. This has been yeah. a pleasure and uh, we'll have you back again sometime. Perfect. Yes, yes I'll bring right. your face awesome. back. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Oh, that was fun. I like that. We always like talking to our fans and um, she's one of our patrons. So excellent. Thank you to all of our patrons, by the way. So just to wrap up the final episode recap, I know we went kind of long today, but because it is the last episode, I'm giving us permission. We do try to keep things like tighter, closer to an hour, but you know what? Exception, because this is our last recap of the season. So the last thing we see is Lottie being taken in an ambulance and it's revealed that she's going to be presumably put in a psychiatric hospital again. And before she's taken away, she says, 
we gave it what it wanted. It is pleased with us. Lottie looks directly at Van and she says, could this sacrifice end up saving Van's life? Like, I mean, maybe it could, or she doesn't say that, right? No, she looks at her and she says, you'll see. You'll see. You'll see. That's right. So, so she's implying that this perhaps will cure Van's cancer, which um, apparently our fans would rather have Van's cancer cured. And we get Lauren Ambrose for the full series versus uh, another adult survivor being introduced. But I mean, I'm sorry. I'm team survivor as much as I love Lauren Ambrose. Love her. But I want to see Ben or Akila or heck, even Jen or Melissa at this point, or maybe one of these other mysterious three extras. Hopefully one of them will be pit girl and then we'll get to see one of the characters we already know and love as an adult survivor. Some I didn't pull it up when they said it, but somebody said earlier in the chat um, that like we were talking about how when Lottie says, so Shauna, like you can either run or you can submit, like that's your choice, like how we used to. And they, let me see if I can find it. I think it was Vine that said it. I can't remember how long ago it was though. I'm not going to be able to find it. Oh, oh wait, here it is. You got it? Okay, cool. Wait, so that means that if they used to do it that way, doesn't that mean that Pit Girl had the chance to run and she took it? Or the which is what I assume right. at this point. Huh. Because why else would she be running through the forest in the necklace, a nightgown, no shoes, in the middle of winter? Like And the nightgown's so clean and pristine, as we were noting in the Hive After Dark this week, too. Like where did that come from? How did yeah. it get so clean? I just wouldn't expect anything to be clean, even if they grabbed like a suitcase of clothes out of the fire. I mean, I just expect everything to be dirty at this point, even though they're doing laundry. Yeah. Yeah. No blood on the clothes. That is, uh, that is very interesting. Um, yeah. You know what? Let's talk about the music from this episode too. And just in general, it's been a oh, great boy. season of music. Um, this episode was no exception. We have God is Alive, Magic is Afoot, Buffy St. Marie, uh, Zombie from the Cranberries, which I think was my personal favorite of this episode. But I also loved The Killing Moon, uh, Nouvelle Vague, which is of course a uh, cover. Uh, Echo and the Bunnymen, I believe, sings mm-hmm. that originally, yes. Um, Alanis Morissette, No Return Extended Version. We have uh, Street Spirit, Radiohead, for that ending scene when the cabin was burning, which I think was a great song choice. Um, Oh, no, I'm sorry. What did I say? The Killing Moon by Echo and the Bunnymen. It is down there. Okay, gosh, sorry. I'm like getting ahead of myself here. And then, Sad But True, a Metallica cover by St. Vincent. So, Awesome music. Zombie for me absolutely did it, especially just because like Javi actually looked like an actual zombie and props to the hair and makeup team for making Luciano look completely flash frozen dead and like a zombie. Incredible. I have had that Radiohead song stuck in my head since that episode. I cannot get it out of my head. Like it will not leave. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, Lots of things about this episode have been rattling around in my head. I've rewatched it a couple of times now. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just am having a hard time believing this is the last episode of the season and that we're not sure when we're getting season three. Um, Of course, they had one day in the writer's room. They have not written season three yet. So we have to wait for the WGA writer strike to be over, which again, WGA strong, fully support all of that. So 
you know, as soon as it can happen, um, hopefully, hopefully it ends up happening. I was hoping that we would be on like an annual cycle now, like where we would get the season like the same time every year. So if this continues to go on for much longer, that's probably not going to be the case. No, I don't think so either. I think it's probably going to mess up a lot of release points and days and calendars for other shows as well, because it's of course limiting to uh, when they can all start writing again. And then of course, Mm -hmm. getting it into production, getting everything scheduled, making sure cast is still available. Although from what we've heard, everybody is fully committed to making season three. So we don't anticipate dropping out or anything. That's not what we're worried about. No, No. I think everybody will be back. They know how crazy this fandom is about this show. Mm Mm-hmm. We really are. It has been an absolute pleasure this season. We had so many highlights. We had a bunch of guests. Um, We had Rotem Rusak from Nerdist join us. We had Kelly McClure of Salon. And we had some amazing interviews. Uh, We did have Marie Schley, costume designer from season one before um, this season started. Um, We talked to Mark Lane, the owner of Coed Naked, which of course spawned our Coed Naked collab. If you go to Coed Naked, Naked.com and shop using code HIVE20, you will save 20% on your purchase. Um, we should also mention we started our Patreon this season, which of yes. course um, we love and appreciate all of our patrons, uh, patreon.com slash podcast. And um, back to our interviews, we had Kevin Alves, we had Luciana LaRue, we had Nuha Jess Isman, we had Jenna Burgess, we had Maya Lowe, we had Jeff Holman, and we had Nia Sandaya. So we are patting ourselves on the back for working very hard to bring all of these awesome interviews. And, you know, we've got a lot of fun stuff on tap as well for the off season. Um a lot of which is going to be thank you in part to our presenting partner, cordcutting.com. Um, we encourage you to go and bookmark our page at cordcutting.com dash yellow jackets hive. And please subscribe to cord cutting on YouTube. Yes. So that way you will not miss any of our exclusive content, uh, which we will be bringing in between seasons. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. There'll be lots of stuff to hold you over. There sure will be. And uh, the biggest thanks of all goes out to all of you fellow Jackets out there, to all of our viewers, our listeners, especially to all of you guys in the chats. Week after week, joining us in the comments for our live streams, it seriously like warms our hearts. There is nothing we love more than this. We are like always chatting about it, just how nice it feels to be part of this community, this fandom, and the level of appreciation that we have for all of you is just so immense. It makes me want to burst like on a Mm -hmm. daily basis. (laughs) Yeah. We wouldn't be here without you guys. Yes. Buzz, buzz, buzz to all of you. We really, really can't thank you enough. Every single one of you. Um, Some of you have been here like every single week this season too. Mm -hmm. Let's shout out Vine too. Vine has been fantastic. She um, got to come on and meet Nuha. She got to play an edit for her. And then she also delivered uh, and wrote a eulogy written by MFQ for Kristen Crystal, which was really funny. Uh, check that out on any of our social media. So Vine, we love you and appreciate you. And thank you for all of your cool content creation as well. She's so talented. That was such a cute video. Oh my God. I think everybody loved that, including Nuha, who commented that she was very talented. She did. 
Yes. She most definitely did. Drew, thank you. We see you always in the comments. We appreciate you as well. Um, and everybody. So <sighs> fellow jackets might be our last season to recap, but again, lots of other stuff coming. If we do get a bonus episode, we will obviously cover the bonus episode. But- oh my God. Obviously, we'll probably do it like a preview, a recap, and then, you know, uh, a live stream just to kind of decompress about it. And who knows? I mean, maybe we'll get Jason Ritter. That's kind of a reach. But, you know, we can try whenever that time does come. So um, that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Delsenia, you are so welcome. Uh, We appreciate all of the thanks in the comments. Buzz, buzz, buzz all around to all of our fellow jackets. And again, thank you to our partners at Yes. So I guess this will be the last time I say this for a little while then, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Until we spill again. <laughs>